take them, go ahead and open them up to Ruth chapter number one. Uh, this is going to be a great, great study. I'm telling you, this is an incredible book of the Bible. Incredible book of the Bible. Anybody need a lesson? Anybody come in and forgot to pick up a lesson? Uh, we'll make sure you get one. Raise your hand real high. Got some right here in the middle. Anybody else need a lesson? Anybody else need a lesson? Y'all use them because I, I made a mistake in printing them all out in color and Dustin's going to have a canary. It's, it's, it's bad. Amen. All right. Amen. All right. All right. Ruth chapter number one, we'll begin in verse number one. Uh, we're going to do just like we normally do. We'll, we'll take one chapter at a time, one verse at a time. If, if God gives us one outline a chapter, if he gives us two outlines a chapter, uh, we'll take it as God gives it. And, uh, and today, we're, gonna, we're just going to go from verse one down to verse number six. Verse one down to number six. Uh, uh, Ruth is an incredible book of romance. It's an incredible book of the heritage of Israel. It gives you an, an illustration of the, the, the nation, the, the, the kingdoms. Uh, it gives you a picture of the Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, the kinsman Redeemer, Boaz as a type of Christ, and Ruth as a type of the church. Just great story, great stuff. But as you're going to find out, as we go through this book, we're going to do it a little different than most people do it. We're going we're gonna to do it uh, uh, and just because... I'm always wanting to do something different, amen? But you're going to find out that Naomi is mentioned several more times than Ruth is. And you'll find out that as we go through it, uh, the, the big picture is about Naomi and not necessarily Ruth. And as we go through it, you'll see that. But today, we're going to talk about decisions. How many of you has ever made a bad decision? How many of you has ever made a bad decision twice in a row? How many of you have ever had a problem learning from your past bad decision? Okay, well, we're all in good shape then, amen? Uh, we are all here on the same page. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about decisions. Uh, decisions, your life is a, a story of decisions. You made a decision to get up this morning. You made a decision either to stay in bed or get up. You made a decision to stay at home or go to work. You made a decision to take a shower or not. You made a decision to brush your teeth or not. Are y'all with me? Life is nothing but a series of decisions. Sometimes we make good decisions. Sometimes we make bad decisions. And the sad thing is, sometimes there's great consequences to wrong decisions. And we can, we can look at that here tonight, all right? Uh, are you excited? All right. Uh, Ruth chapter 1 and verse number 1. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech and the name of his wife Naomi and the name of his two sons, Malan and Kilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left, and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelled there about how long? Ten years. They went to sojourn, but they ended up staying ten years. And Malin and Kilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. She came to Moab with a husband and two sons, and now they have died, and she's left with her two daughter-in-laws. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab how the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings, your mercy. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for hungry people who are here tonight to, to seek and to look and to dig into your word and to be fed with the crumbs from the master's table. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll help us. Lord, I, I, I've studied and I've worked on this and I've, I've, I've done what you have told me to do and I've written down what you told me to write. And, and Now, God, I need your anointing. I do. I, I need to feel it. Lord, I need to, I need to sense it. I need to experience the, the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I need to feel the touch of the Spirit of God in my heart and my mind. It doesn't matter what's on that paper. Lord, it doesn't matter what's in the book if I, I cannot feel the touch of the Holy Ghost. 
I pray, God, that you'll move in our hearts now as we, we, we study your word. Lord, let us study it. Let us study truth. Let it be touched with the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. You may be seated. <coughs> you may be seated. Number one, we, 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 see, we see a family that is going through uh, a, a difficult time. We see a family, just an ordinary family, nothing extraordinary about this family, uh, a man and his wife and their two sons, they are experiencing, uh, uh, and these are older sons, these are not, these are not toddlers, these are uh, uh, older sons, and, and they are experiencing some trials of life. They're going through a famine. This is not unusual. This is not, especially in the day that they were in, there were many times that, that God would send a famine as a type of discipline uh, because the Bible says that they were in the days that the judges ruled. And, and if, you'll, if you'll go study the book of Judges, you'll find out that many times that the nation of Israel would go through a time of, of worshiping God like they should and honoring God like they should, but then they would rebel and then they would start uh, worshiping uh, false gods and then God would have to come in and correct them and God would let a foreign nation come in and conquer them and they would be servants and, and they would be uh, 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 slaves of a conquering enemy and Moab was one of them. But this was, the, this was the climate of the day. This was the climate of the hour. And so now here they are. Here they are in a famine. Here they are in a difficult place. Here they are in a difficult time. And it's very ironic that they are in a famine and they're from Bethlehem because Bethlehem means the house of bread. In a place where they should have bread. In a place where they should have substance. In a place where they should have their needs met. They are in a famine. They're in a famine. So... In this famine, Mo, uh, Elimelech decides, uh, we're going we're gonna to pack up, we're going to leave God's people, we're going to leave God's land, we're going to leave this place that God has promised us and sent us to, we're going to leave the will of God and we're going to go to Moab, we're going to go to the enemy. We're going to go to a wicked people. We're going to go to a wicked society. We're going to leave the will of God and go to this place. So they make a decision. And as we, lead, as we read and as we learn and as we go through this, this is a decision that drastically affects the whole family. It's a decision that they uh, will come to regret. It is a decision that is made and it brings disaster in the family. Now remember, remember, how many of y'all have ever made a bad decision? Now listen, let's look at a few things about this decision. Number one, it was a very foolish decision. Say that with me. It was a very a very foolish decision. Now, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with wanting to take care of your family. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be a provider. There's nothing wrong with trying to do whatever you need to do to support and and to take care of who you are responsible for. But sometimes we find out that when it comes time to make a decision, the devil will tempt us with the wrong thing. Jesus is fasting in the wilderness. Jesus has been, he has been fasting 40 days in the wilderness and he is hungry. When you're fasting, you're hungry. That means you ain't eating nothing, amen? You are hungry. And here, here the devil comes and says, won't you turn these stones into bread? A man's got to eat. A man's got to live. Why are you sitting here hungry? And he's tempting him with the wrong thing. And there's many times in our life when we will face a difficulty, we will face a crisis, we will face a tragedy, and one of the first things that, that, that the devil will creep in and tell you is you need to leave God. You need to leave the church. You need to leave, you need to leave uh, listen, the very place that you're going to find help. I can't tell you how many people that has gone through a tragedy, has gone through a difficulty, has gone through a hardship, has gone through a hard time. And the first thing they do is they quit church, they quit God's people, they run out and they get bitter against God and they get angry and they get frustrated and they run away from the very thing that would be the best blessing to them. And so they run from God and they leave. You say, preacher, why is it so foolish? Why was this decision foolish? Well, let's look at it. Let's look at it. First, A, write this down. Because it reflected the day. It reflected the day. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? If you will read, if you will read in the very last verse of the last book, the book of Judges, you go in the last chapter of the last book, which is uh, Judges chapter number 21, verse number 25, this is the way that this, 
this verse describes the time that they're living in, the day that they're living in. It says, in those days, say it with me, in those days, it's right there in your notes, in those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was. This decision that Elimelech made, it just reflected the day he was living in. Say, preacher, what are you talking about? The people did whatever they felt was right. There was no king. There was no authority. There was no judgment. There was no righteousness. There was nobody to stand and proclaim righteousness and judgment. Everybody did what was right in his own eyes. Everybody did and lived by their own opinion, lived by their own preference, lived by their own prejudice, and whatever they felt like was the right thing to do, that's what they did. The Bible says, the Bible says in Proverbs 14, 12, watch this, watch this, Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. Say it with me. There is a way which seemeth. There is a way that, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Now, if you was to go back and, and ask Elimelech, say, say, man, why did you do this? He would have said, it just seemed like the right thing to do. It just seemed like the most logical thing to do. It just seemed like the proper thing to do. It didn't matter that it went against the word. It didn't matter that it was against God's will. It didn't matter that the scripture taught against it. It didn't matter that they were not supposed to be cavorting with the enemy. It just felt right. There are so many people today in society that they will, they will do and they will judge their behavior by how they feel about the situation. They will shack up with somebody. They will live together outside of wedlock. Listen, they will make this decision and that decision based on how they feel about it, not, on, not, not based on God's word about it. They will make decisions. And listen, it will seem like the right thing in the short term, but in the long run, it always brings destruction. And the decision he made was foolish because it reflected the day that they were living in. It reflected the hour they were living in. It reflected the attitude and the behavior of all the people around them. You say, well, everybody's doing it. Well, you're not everybody. You're a child of the king. You have been saved. You have been bought. You have been redeemed. You are bought with a price. We are the blood-bought children of God, and we're not supposed to act like the world. We're not supposed to talk like the world. We're not supposed to dress like the world. We're not supposed to behave like the like the world I'm telling you we're God's people and we're to do it according to God's word not how we feel not not what we think man I can't tell you how many times I've sat in a counseling session and that's the that's the response that would come back to me I say that this is what God says this is what the Bible says this is what this verse says well I just feel like it's okay let me tell you and I don't mean this being smart, but I have seen so many lives wrecked and destroyed. Your feelings are irrelevant. You know why? Because your feelings are like that weather. It can change in any given moment. Are y'all with me? I've seen people, oh, I'm just so in love with him. Oh, he's the greatest thing that ever was. Oh, two days later, she wants to kill him. Am I right? It felt like the right thing. This decision feels, <laughs> if I hear that again, I'm going to choke him. Preacher, it just feels right, but what does God say about it? It just feels like the right. Well, what's it going to do to your relationship? Well, it just feels like I need to. But what's it going to do for your marriage? Well, it just feels like. Listen, I'm getting, I'm getting five cent more an hour over here. But yeah, you can't go to church no more though. And we make decisions based on how we feel. And we make decisions based on what it seems. It seemeth right how many y'all realize by now that God is not logical he would irritate Spock to death say man most of the time what God does is never logical it never makes sense 
doesn't make sense to send a little guy down in the valley to kill a giant. It doesn't make sense. It just, none of that stuff makes sense. But I can tell you this, every time he's right, he's got a perfect record. So I think we just need to trust him. Amen? Why was it foolish? Why was it foolish? It reflected the day. Not only did it reflect the day, their, their decision resulted in disobedience. Their decision resulted in disobedience. Now, I wrote this on, on a side note. I wrote this on a side note. If your decision or the decision you are about to make causes disobedience, it is the wrong decision. If the decision you are about to make causes disobedience, it is the wrong decision. Now, watch this. It looks safe in the short term. So why did they go to Moab to begin with? Because they were hungry. This seemed like the logical thing to do. This seemed like the safest thing to do. Are y'all with me tonight? We're going there so we won't starve to death. So let's translate that. We're going there so we won't. What happens when you starve to death? Die. We're going there so we won't. We're going there so we can stay safe and end up with three graves. Because in the long run, it may look safe in the beginning, but if it's the wrong decision, it always ends up deadly. Always. Now, you say, how did it end in disobedience? Watch this. By going 50 miles to the neighboring land of Moab, Elimelech and his family abandoned God's land and God's people for the land of the people, the enemy. Now watch who the Moabites were. They were descendants of Lot from his incestuous union with his firstborn daughter. You remember when Lot was, was chased out of Sodom and Gomorrah? Uh, his, his children were so corrupt, his two daughters were so corrupt, they did not have no clue that there was, a, there was another straight man on the planet. They thought it was all gone. They saw the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, and they said, lest we all die in Paris. They got their father drunk and slept with them, and the descendants from that situation and that sin and that tragedy brought about the Moabite people. They were a wicked people. They were a sinful people. The Moabites, listen, they, they were the Jews' enemies because of the way they had treated Israel during their pilgrim journey from Egypt to Canaan. During the time of the judges, Moab had invaded Israel and ruled over the people for 18 years. So why in the world would Elimelech turn to them for help? They were a proud people who God disdained. God said it this way, Moab is my wash pot. Psalm 60 verse 8, which means basically a picture of a humiliated nation washing the feet of conquering soldiers. The name Elimelech means my God is king, but the Lord was not king in Elimelech's life for he left God completely out of his decisions. He made a decision out of God's will when he moved to Moab. What made his decision foolish? Tell me. What made his decision foolish? Number one, it was, it, what did it do? It reflected the, the day. It reflected and permeated the attitude of the day. With just do whatever feels right. Just do whatever you think's right. It's right because you did it. Amen? Then it resulted in if whatever you're deciding to do, if whatever you're deciding to do will lead you to go against the word of God, it's wrong. Period. I believe it was Bob Jones Sr. who said, it's never right to do right, do right till the fall, till the stars fall, do right. It's never right to do wrong to do right, just do right. And I, I would have to say amen, wouldn't you? If it leads to disobedience, no. No question. Well, it's uncomfortable, no question. Well, preacher, I'm, you know, I'm dating this guy, and you say don't date people that's not saved and all that, but he's just so cute, uh, you're going to make a mistake. You know what? I, I believe this too. I believe this too. I don't believe being unequally yoked together simply means whether they're saved or lost. 
I believe this. I believe you can have two saved people. I believe you can have two saved people, and one's carnal, and one is fleshly, and one is really not pursuing God, and one is, is not committed. And, and then you have one over here that's, that's really committed, and they want to do right, and they want to they be what God wants them to be. They want to serve God with all their heart, and they want to please God with all their heart. And that one that ain't will pull down the one that is. Listen, the Bible says be careful who you hang out with. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law doth he meditate day and night. Be careful who you hang with. Because usually they will bring down more than you can bring up. Amen? So if, if the decision you're making about whatever it might be, whatever it might be, if it leads to disobedience, it's wrong. Now, you say, why is that such a big deal, preacher? Because of the n number two. This decision was very foolish because, because it was very flawed. Say it with me. It was very flawed there was a problem with it there was a problem with their thinking there was a problem with their reasoning watch what it says let's see if we can find the problem the bible says in verse number one now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land and a certain man of bethlehem judah went to he went to all right y'all get with me now he went to and as a matter of fact the longer I go, it, it possibly could be raining. So y'all get with me faster. Y'all may stay dry. All right? Just a little motivation. Verse 1, he went to, there we go. All right. Verse number 2, and the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Malin and Kilion. I can't believe for 38 years of my life, I've been saying them names wrong. Amen? Thank God for a computer that will tell you how to say it. Amen. And they came into the country. Now, they came to do what? In verse 1, they came to sojourn. That means to hang out temporarily. That's kind of like putting up a tent. You sojourn in a tent. It's temporary. We're just going to be here for just a little bit. But the Bible says in verse 2, And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. That, that, I looked up the word there, continued. It means lasting without interruption. What's that mean? They're doing a little bit more in sojourning. Amen. Now watch this. Watch verse 4. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah and the name of the other was Ruth. And they, oh, y'all see that? That means to remain for a time. You ain't sojourning no more. And you're not even continuing. We're just going to set up shop. Why is this a flawed decision? Why is this a flawed decision? Now remember, this is God's people we're talking about. This is a family from God's people. These are God's children. They know better. They know the, the, the real God. They know Jehovah. Are y'all with me? And hey, hey, we're just going to do it for a little bit. We know we really don't have no business down here. We know this is really not our place. We know this is really a bad neighborhood. We know this is a bad atmosphere for us to be in. We know this is a bad influence on us. But we're just going to do it for just a little bit. That's a flawed decision. Why? Hey, write this down. Because you cannot control the duration of sin. You cannot control the duration of sin. How many of you ever heard that statement? Sin will keep you longer than you want to stay. It'll make you pay more than you want to pay. Amen? Oh, I got, I got this, preacher. Yeah, you got it. But the problem is you can't handle it. Oh, don't worry, preacher. And, and, and couples, young, young people, they tickle me. Oh, we got this. We got this. We're just going to. You know, it's our, we just going to kiss and that's all. No, that leaves other stuff. Oh, but we got this. Yeah, sure you do. I don't know why all y'all out there looking guilty. Y'all need to smile and fake it. Say amen. <laughs> oh, we're just going to have this little channel on here and we just won't watch it, but we're going to have it on there. If it's on there, you're going to watch it. 
Don't act, let's don't play with fire. I, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm an arsonist in another life. I'm telling you, I'm, I've been reincarnated. I, I know I burn stuff down. I like fire. Amen. And I, I, I know what it is. I just about burnt that thumb, slam off my hand because I was playing with fire. You cannot play with fire long enough and it's going to burn you. Listen, so many people, you can't control it. You're not in charge. The Bible says flee. Flee fornication. You know, there's a fight or flight, right? The Bible says resist the devil, right? Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. How do you resist him? You resist him with the word. But the Bible says don't resist sexual temptation. It says run. Listen, Joseph, he didn't, he didn't hang out and said, I'm just, gonna, I'm just not going to look your way, but I'm going to. No, he ran. You know why? He understood this. He understood the fact that you can't. This is, listen, this is out of your control. I remember, I remember going up 278 one time, me and, and, uh, and a coon hunting buddy of mine named Fat Rat. And, uh, and he, we was going up. Seriously, that was his name. It was either that or Mule, so you take your pick. Amen. And, and, and we, were, we were going down, and, 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 uh, and, and we seen smoke rolling out of a barn. And, and these two little guys sitting over by the house trembling like crazy. Two little fellas. Come to find out. Them two little guys have been in that barn playing with matches. I mean, it was a nice barn, too. I mean, a good one. And, man, there was fire. There was fire rolling out of that thing. And we stopped, and it was cool, man. I was sitting there. Wow. It was great. And, and the volunteer fire people came. And this guy was like 137 years old. And the truck he was driving was older than he was. He comes out there and he said, Come here. I said, I go over there. He said, Take this over there in front of that door. I said, All right. I'll run over there. And I'm holding it and I'm enjoying the fire. <laughs> and this is what he says Here it comes. I said, Here what comes? And I see the water coming down the hose. Now, I didn't watch enough of movies to know what's fixing to happen. Are y'all with me? And I'm sitting here, oh, and I'm like, oh, and here that water comes, and it shoots out of that, and I'm right in front of the door. I mean, this is a garage door in front of that barn, and that, and that, it was so hot in there. As soon as that water hit it, it turned instantly into steam and blow back at me. I didn't want to put the fire out no how. I mean, seriously, I don't want, I'm watching the fire, amen? They like to kill me. I, I said, man. But you know what? This fire got away from them two little fellas. They thought they could handle it. They were just going to have a little. Y'all with me? They couldn't control the duration of sin. They couldn't control the duration of their disobedience. Oh, I'm just going to be there a little while, preacher. I'm just going to miss church for a little bit. I'm just going to. Elimelech and his family had fled Judah to escape death, but the three men met death just the same. The family had planned only to sojourn temporarily in Moab, but they remained for ten years. At the end of that decade of disobedience, all that remained were three lonely widows, three Jewish graves in a heathen land. Everything else was gone. Such is the consequences of sin. You can't control the duration of sin. Not only that, but B, you can't control the depths of sin. You can't control the depths of sin. See, see, they were just going to hang out a while. They were just going to go spend some time there till, till everything got better. Instead of trusting God, that God knew what he was doing. Y'all with me? I've seen people get married because they were afraid and lonely. 
I've seen people make mistakes in that type of way because they were afraid that nobody else would have them or nobody else would want them or, or maybe maybe this person can take care of me. They were afraid of being alone or maybe they were afraid that, 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 that they couldn't make it on their own and instead of trusting God, they made a poor decision and married the wrong person. Living 10 years with a good decision is, is incredibly better than living one day with the wrong one. And instead of believing God, instead of trusting God, they're saying, we're going to run down here, and I know this is just, but it's just a little sin. We're not going to let it rub off on us. We're going to keep doing our, our devotions, and we're going to keep praying and everything. We won't let it bother us. It don't matter if, if, if those channels are on our TV. It doesn't matter if those CDs are in our car. It doesn't matter all this stuff. We, we just won't let it bother us. We won't, you know, we won't pay attention to us. I, you know, here. See, the only problem is, is we forget that there is a progressive nature of sin. It has a way, the Bible says, this is the way the Bible describes sin. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. In other words, when you start dipping and dapping in a little bit, it starts getting all over you. Sin is like cancer. It starts small, and then it spreads fast. Y'all with me? So how do you know it, it, it got worse? Because in just a little while, they allowed their two sons to marry Moabite women, which was strictly forbidden. You see, now they're gone from just hanging out. And being around the influence to being intimately connected with the wrong influence. Sooner or later, you hang around it, it's going to get on you. Y'all with me? How about, how about Lot? <clears throat> how about Lot? The Bible said he set up his tent toward Sodom. He saw the well-watered plains, and he just said, I'm going that way because, boy, the grass looks good over there. Man, the fields look good over there. The potential looks good over there. Isn't the devil good that way? I'm just going to go that way. I know there's wickedness there, and I know there's sin there, and I know there's, there's idolatry there, and, and I know there, but, but, boy, it looks good that way, so I'm just going to go there, but I'm not going to let it bother me, and I'm not going to spend that much time there, and I'm not going to be there long, and, and, I'm not, and before you know it, you're sitting inside the gate, and you're a leader in the city. And it just keeps on, and it keeps on, and it snowballs, and it goes from here. It goes to there. It, and listen, and before you know it, 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 is, it is a roaring, raging fire that you have no control over anymore. David started out lusting. Actually, he started out looking, lusting, and then laying. Listen, he started out really as a pervert, and I'm not using that as a bad thing. You think, oh, no, no, look up the definition of that word. He's just peeking. He's just looking. He, he, should, he had no business on that rooftop. He had no business being where he was and looking at what he was looking at. But then that turned into full-blown adultery. He turned into an adulterer. And if that wasn't enough, he ended up being a murderer. Why? Because you can't control the depth of sin. You can't control. When you start playing with fire, you think you've got it. You think you've got control you think it's all about you and you know what you're doing and you've got this don't worry about it but little do you know Satan's behind the scenes and he's working it and he's working it he's getting you right where he wants and all of a sudden that thing's going to blow up in your face and you're not going to know what to do here we are we're just going to sojourn we're just going to hang out we're just going to spend a little time out here and listen they end up going from sojourning to dwelling and listen continuing there in a place they had no business being and now all of a sudden all of a sudden, here we are, we're elbow deep into what we know better. And look back, and this is what they all say. I said this. You ever said this? <coughs> Y'all probably won't be honest tonight because everybody's going to be quiet because you don't want to think you got issues. But uh, you ever just look up one day and think this? You, you might not have said it, but you thought this. How did I get here? How did I get here? 
I don't even know how I got here. And you know the sad thing is, you probably don't. Because the devil is so good at what he does. The devil is so good at what he does. He is so good at his deception. He is so good at his lies. Satan, Satan has used Hollywood to paint himself in a good light. Hollywood makes you think that Satan's this, this cartoon figure and he's just this funny thing. That's, let me tell you something. Satan is an angel of light. He'll come to you beautiful. He'll come to you in such a deceptive way. And before long, you, you wake up and you say, really? How, how did I get here? How did I end up here? I mean, oh, come on, preacher, what's the big deal? They, so they married women. Well, see, you, one thing you got to get, decisions always bring consequences. Right decisions bring good consequences. Wrong decisions, help me. You see, this decision was foolish. Number two, this decision was flawed. Because they, they couldn't handle what they thought they could handle. They couldn't, they couldn't control what they thought they could control. They didn't, they didn't realize how, how out of control the situation really was. But then number three, tell it to me. This, this decision was very fatal. This decision was very fatal. What happened? The Bible says in verse 3, And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. He died. He didn't make it out. He didn't plan on being there long. He just planned on sojourning, but he died. And she was left, and her two sons. Now, instead of, instead of saying, let's stop this madness, instead of, instead of seeing the consequences of disobedience and seeing the consequences of poor decisions, it's time to make a better decision. But how many of y'all know that that's usually not what happens? So, we see in verse number 4, And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelled there, had no intention of leaving. They dwelled there in about ten years. And Malin and Kilion died also, both of them. Now read it with me. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. This decision was fatal. First, A, write this down. Her husband was lost. Her husband was lost. Her, her means of support, her means of provision, her means of protection, her means of love and, and, and affection was gone. What happens, preacher, when you step out of the will of God? Anybody got an umbrella? Anybody got one in here? Bring that up here. That's one of them Alabama ones, ain't it? Never mind. No, I'm just kidding. All of them are Alabama ones. I'm kidding. Come on. Come on. I'm just kidding. I'm just messing around. All right. Ain't none of y'all superstitious, are you? All right. I can, I can uh, 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 wring a cat's neck, walk under a ladder, and throw it through a mirror. doesn't bother me a bit. Amen? <laughs> but don't brag on a coon dog because you're done then. Amen? <laughs> All right. This umbrella, this umbrella, this umbrella has broken on me right here. <laughs> All right. There we go. All right. This umbrella represents authority. 
represents authority. The Bible teaches that the Bible teaches that when a man and a, and, and a woman come together and they get married, that she comes under his authority. Now, y'all may be liberated and all that stuff, but if you are, you're not biblical. Because the Bible's still the Bible, and the Bible's still right. And God, God, he, he done made all this, so he knows how to run it. Amen? And, 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 and the woman is to be under his authority. But see, most men are ignorant, and they don't understand that authority means protection and provision. And, and if you mistreat whoever's under your authority... You're under his authority, and God will hold you accountable for how you treat those under your authority. Mm-hmm. I'm preaching now. So we have, we have this umbrella of authority, and, and this represents the will of God, too. This represents the will of God. Now, guess what? If I, if I walk outside in that rain like this, Oh, that's crazy. Really? Where do I need to be? I need to be the closest to the center. Say it with me. It's blocking that light. I can see y'all now. Amen. Now watch this. The closer, now watch now, come on, I'm going somewhere. The closer to the center of this umbrella, the more I'm protected. The further from the center of this umbrella I get, the less and less and less I experience the protection of the authority that's over me. What's the point? God's not going to chase you all over town with this. And if you walk outside, if you walk outside of his will, you're going to be walking outside of his protection. And what took place, you see a family who made poor decisions and left the will of God. You say, but there was a famine. But, but you serve a God who can bring water out of a rock. You serve a God who can bring bread from heaven. David said, I am old and I've been young, and yet have I seen any of God's children begging bread. What happens sometimes, a tragedy or a difficulty or a crisis or a scary situation will come in our life. The same thing that happened to Abraham when God called Abraham uh, to the promised land. He went there and a famine took place and he ran down to Egypt, which is another type of the world. He went down to Egypt because he didn't trust God and he was in unbelief and he paid for it. He got in trouble. What's the point? Don't bail out on God, even when you don't understand what he's doing. Just trust him. He knows what he's doing. Say amen. Now listen. She lost her husband. Her husband was lost. Then her hope was lost. Write that down. Her, her hope was lost. You can come get this, Doc. I'll, I'll be done flown away like Mary Poppins here in a minute. All right. Thank you, bud. Her hope was lost. You say, preacher, why? Why? And, and, and watch this. You need to get all this stuff. Because it's all going together. Because when we get to the end of this book, you're going to appreciate the first part. Her hope was lost. Why? Because they didn't have Social Security back then. They didn't have unemployment back then. When you got old, you had a bunch of kids to take care of you. And those kids came up after you, and you better treat them right because they're going to take care of you after it. My, my, my daughter Brandy said, Dad, you better be nice to me because I'm going to pick your nursing home. <laughs> Thump her right on the nose. Say amen. 
So, oh, it's a terrible thing. She's lost her husband. Yeah, but she's still got her two sons. But guess what? You keep staying outside of the will of God. Now her sons are gone. Her hope for the future is gone. She is going to be relegated to begging. Because the whole plan of her survival, the whole hope of her survival is sitting in the ground. Because a poor decision is fatal. Her husband's lost. Her hope's lost. Then I want you to see this. And this is the worst one out of all. You may not think it, but this is the worst one out of all. Y'all ready? (coughs) Her honor was lost. Her honor was lost. Say, how do you know she lost her honor? Because as we're going to read next week, you're going to find out that the Bible says this. It says, when it came time to go back, they, uh, they heard that there was bread in Bethlehem again, and she said, man, i got to go back home. I don't have nothing left here. This has left me empty. I'm going back home. So now I've got these two daughter-in-laws. Look, y'all just stay here. Ain't no sense in staying with me because I, 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 even if I did get married and have a child, are you going to wait for my child to get older so you can marry him? Just, 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 go, just go back home. Maybe God will give you somebody. Just go back. Don't worry about me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. And, 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 and now watch what she says. Go back to your gods. That will be like one of you Christians meeting a friend of yours or a family member of yours and and, and, and you telling your, your, your daughter-in-law, go back and be a Mormon. Go back and be a Hindu. Go back and be a, a cult follower. Y'all with me? How could a God-fearing child of God get so far away from God that they send somebody to hell? Guess what? Before you go throwing stones, we all have potential. You can get so far away from God, you don't know up from down. And she completely lost her testimony. And it all started with a bad decision. It all started with a bad decision. Preacher, what do we do? Let me give you three things real quick. Now, now, <coughs> as hard as I this is, this is the message we need to hear tonight. I wanted to go into Ruth and talk about going from brokenness to blessedness. And I wanted, to, I wanted to take you and see how somebody that was so broken and so, so, so out of hope and so in despair and what God does, but that's not what God wants us to hear tonight. And, and we're going to get there. So don't let this message keep you from coming to the rest of them because I promise you, she wrote the first chapter, but God's going to write the last chapter. And when you've got the pen of authority and control in your hand, in your life, It's going to lead you to disaster. But if you'll say, God, you take it. Oh, boy. I can't wait. I can't wait. But you see, God needs you to understand, because there's some folks in here, you're fixing to make a bad decision. There's no question in my mind, because God would not let me go past verse 5. He would not let me go past verse 5. I said, but God, let me at least talk about, nope, just talk about a decision. I don't know who's making it. I don't know. I don't have a clue. I, I haven't counseled anybody uh, uh, this week, and, and I haven't spent some time, so, so th- I'm, I'm not, I, I don't know. I don't know, but God knows. And whoever you are, let me tell you, there's three things you need to do. Let's talk about it. What do we do? 
When we're faced with difficulties in life, we can't run from our problems. Say it with me. We can't run from our problems. Underline that in your notes. Underline that in your notes. We can't run from our problems. And I found out this too. Have y'all figured this out? And we surely can't solve them on our own. Have y'all figured that out yet, ladies and gentlemen? There are some necessities we must practice in order to have victory when trials come. Number one, biggie, the one we do the least, prayer. 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 Now lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul to keep if I die before I wake. That don't count. God is great, God is good, let us thank him for this food. By his hands we are, are y'all with, that don't count. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. That don't count either, that was just a pattern. People quote that one like it's some, some secret, you know, that was just a pattern. God's saying pray in this manner. In other words, start your prayer with praise and then talk about provision and talk about, listen, the purpose, that thy will be done. Are y'all with me? I'm talking about get on your face and talk to God. Prayer. When trouble comes in our lives, we can do one of three things. Now, please get this. If, if Some of y'all probably ain't got nothing tonight, and you say, why did I even come? If you get this, you'll get something. There's three things you can do when a difficulty comes in your life. When, when a hard situation, when a painful situation, when a, when a situation that causes you to have tears in your eyes and keeps you up at night. You can do one of three things. You can endure it, you can escape it, or you can enlist it. Now, most I've seen a lot of people try to endure it. I'm just going to endure this, and, and, and then you get mad and angry, and you, order, you normally get bitter. If we only endure our trials, then trials become our master, and they rule over us. And we have a tendency to become hard and bitter. Now, if we run from them, if we run from them, how many of y'all know they'll follow you? And how many of y'all know if you run from them, usually when you come back, they're there waiting on you? We can try to escape our trials, but then we'll probably miss the purposes God wants to achieve in our lives. What do we do then? If we learn to enlist, say it with me, if we learn to put it to work, how do you do that? What will happen? They will become our servants instead of our masters. In other words, they're working for us now. They work for us. God will work all things together for good and for his glory. How many of y'all still believe Romans 8, 28? You know what Job said? How many of y'all believe Job went through hell on earth? Twice. Seems like. Double portion. But you know what he said? In the midst of all the garbage he went through and all the pain and the suffering and the difficulty he went through, through his whole situation, this is what he said. God maketh my heart soft. You know, and I found when I've gone through a little pain and gone through some certain situations, I'm a little bit more sensitive to those that are hurting in that area now. After I had my kidney stone, I will never again make fun of somebody with one. Say amen. It's amazing to me how we can make jokes and talk about uh, certain people's sins and you know, uh, let me. I'm gonna just say it. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna just be real. Y'all mind if I be real tonight? Uh, it, it's funny. Christians like to make fun of homosexuals and and that that lifestyle and all that. And there's jokes and and run around until somebody you know is broken hearted about it. Until somebody you know is affected by that sin, and that's just a sin like every other sin. But it's got a stigma and uh, and 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 whatever. And and here we go, and and we'll still do it. But then. Then when you see somebody that's even you, my life's been affected by it. And it's amazing how it's changed my perception and my attitude about that group of people. And, and the redneck side of me that wants to hate a group, it's changed to wanting to love and to reach somebody with, with this been so deceived by Satan. But it took a brokenness. And God may have let you go through the trial you're going through now or that you've been through to soften your heart or to prepare you or to get you ready for a situation that other words you wouldn't have been ready for and you wouldn't have been able to handle it. 
I'm preaching now. Preacher, I don't know why I'm going through this. God knows. I just want it to end. I just want it to end. Well, number two. What's the first thing we do when we face a trial? Say it with me. We're going to practice prayer. Then number two, we're going to practice a pursuit. A pursuit. How do you walk by faith? What do we pursue, preacher? Whatever he tells you in the prayer. How many of y'all been praying and, and, and what he told you you didn't want to do? Say, come on now. Don't buy it, but I want it. Don't marry him, but I love him. Don't go there. Don't stop that. Don't. And, and man, there's this tug of war inside. Preacher, what's the best thing to do? Pray and then pursue. Do what he says. He's right. He's always right. By claiming the promises of God and obeying the word of God in spite. Now watch this. Now read it with me. Come on, I need a little help. we got three minutes. How do we walk by faith? By claiming the promises of God and obeying the word of God. Now say it with me. In spite of and or. It means committing yourself to the Lord and relying wholly on Him to meet the need. When we live by faith, it glorifies God. It witnesses to a lost world, and it builds faith or builds Christian character in our lives. God has ordained that the righteous will live by His faith. When we refuse to trust Him, we are calling God a... And when we do that, what does it do to Him? Yeah. When we face that trial that we just think is going to destroy us, first thing we do, number one, we, number two, we pursue. Number three, we got to practice patience. God, help us. God, help us. No matter how difficult our circumstances may be, the safest and best place is in the will of God. Y'all remember the umbrella? Do y'all realize, do y'all realize in, in the will of God, it would be safer for you to stand in downtown Baghdad or Iran or, or one of them other crazy countries than it would be to sit in this building out of the will of God. The best place you could ever be is right in the perfect will of God. How many of y'all have felt like David? How many of y'all felt like David? You could testify to this. Oh, that I had wings like a dove. And I would fly away and be at rest. How many of y'all just wanted to, one day in your life, you just wanted to fly away from your troubles? I just want to fly away from my situation. I want to fly away from my circumstance. I don't know about y'all, but I had one of the best times Sunday as I, that I've had in a while preaching and being in the glory and being in the presence of God and Monday and Tuesday, two, two of the blackest days I've experienced in a long time. I mean, things that, uh, how many of y'all have got things that get under your skin? I mean, little things that probably didn't matter if they spread out or they don't all In the last two days, every single thing in the ministry that would get under my skin has messed with me. It's dark. Just, just down. Don't even know why you feel down. Just and 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 it's a satanic oppression. And boy, I sat in I sat in the, in my office all day. Didn't want nobody to bother me. Didn't want no, nobody. They just left me alone. And I was able to spend some time with God. And and boy, as I was reading this and looking at this, and I said, man, I, I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like. Just want to get away. Just want to fly away. Just want to get away from it all. Just don't care what nobody thinks. And just just get away and just forget the world even exists. David said, if I had wings as a dove, I'd just fly away. But look what Isaiah says. It's wiser to claim the promise of Isaiah 40, 31 and wait on the Lord. Why should we wait on the Lord, preacher? Because we're going to get wings like eagles. Who needs wings like a dove when he's got wings like eagles? Man, I wish I could preach at a minute. Amen. We could soar above the storms of life. 
Because there's one thing for sure. You can't run from your problems. You can't. I've tried. Now, if y'all be honest, y'all probably say y'all tried too, right? Now, I know there's some specific unspoken prayer requests that God knows about, and God knows what's going on, and we need to pray. And we got just a few seconds, but I just feel like the Lord would have us do this. Uh, uh, we've got a young man that's going to the hospital tomorrow. It's, it's, it's got a, a, a spot or a, a growth in his abdomen, and, uh, and God knows about it. What I preach on Sunday morning. You need a miracle? Then let's pray for one. Now, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. If, if, you've, if you've got something like that, you've got a special, special, special prayer request. I want you to slip your hand up. Just slip your hand up. We're going to pray for you. All right. All right. Which one is it? Austin? All right. I'm going to lift Austin's name up. And we're going to pray for all of them. Let's do this. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Y'all help me pray for Austin and for all these unspoken prayer requests here tonight. Father, I don't even have the words to say. Lord, I, 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 I do 